For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Blue Jays fans, welcome to another episode of Jaybird Watching. Yes, we are in the wonderful lack thereof of baseball season with the uh, passing of what would have been opening day. But regardless, we are here, and we got the whole team together today. Brendan and Adam Corsair are here as well. And fellas, how is it going? Are you completely stir-crazy yet, or has it just been like I've been doing, literally watching anything baseball-related on YouTube that you possibly can have? Oh, <laughs> man. Yeah, <laughs> I got, uh, I got, I was playing on a shit ton of FIFA on Friday night, uh, just to play some sort of sports <laughs> video games. But I also was drinking a considerable amount of alcohol while I was playing FIFA, and I put it on pause to watch some Blue Jays highlights, and I got pretty emotional going through some of the playoff oh. games and runs and like that. So that, for a little while, I went down a dark tunnel, and then I'm like, okay, screw this. I'm putting FIFA back on, and I won the Premier League with Leeds United, so I'm okay. <laughs> Brendan was sh- crying, sobbing into his Blue Jays shaped pillow. Is Ace okay? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so, Corsair, how's it been for you in Rhode Island there? It's all right. I mean, yesterday the governor just put a, uh, a stay-at-home order for all the non-essential employees, as we were talking. Um, but in terms of not having any sports, it's been, it's been wild. It's been a little uh, unnerving. But, um, you know, getting a little off topic, but kind of on the same topic, I mean, we were supposed to have some sort of announcement uh, for me joining the show, and that seems to have been, like, kind of flushed down the toilet because of this. But I'm still here, and I still plan to be here as long as you guys need me to be here anytime. So there's that. I did say we have the whole (laughs) team here. (laughs) You did. You did. So the whole team is back in town, boys. Yeah, exactly. Should we get some like little? I wish I had some of those little like firecrackers. I could chuck at chuck at the desk and make some noise for you. <laughs> Call it a day, but but Adam, it is a pleasure to have you here. And obviously, this is going to be even more fun now that you can jump into the goofball antics of us here in our burn room chat with Aunt, with Brendan and I. Mm. Anytime, guys. Anytime. So. Speaking of weird, fun, and cheeky shenanigans, Brendan, you had a wonderful tweet that has gotten some major traction amongst Blue Jays fandom. Would you like to lead us into the game we're going to play here a little bit? Sure, guys. I'd be uh, I'd be honored to lead us into the game. <laughs> uh, so for context, on Friday when I was bored out of my tree, just sitting around doing some work, uh, working remotely, thank goodness. But, um, you know, throughout the day when you need a little bit of a mental break from doing work, put out some tweets and right around lunchtime I tweeted during your Blue Jays fandom who is the most random Blue Jays player that pops into your head and that question took off, I'm not sure how, so I got a few answers right away that kind of died down and then I went out for a run and I just keep on hearing my phone go off and chime in and chime in and chime in, I'm like what the hell? So I got a whole bunch more replies to the point where we got over 200 people uh, submitted their most random Blue Jays that you can think of. So when we go through this list, 
and it'll be interesting to see what you guys think of some of the random Blue Jays. But uh, I don't know. You want me to kick it off with who I say? Because it was part of my tweet who I put up there for my random Blue Jays. Should I kick us off with that? I'm cool with it. So, guys, I will start with my first one. I think what, we'll name sure. three or whoever, see where it goes. But mine in that tweet, for me, the most random Blue Jay that popped into my head was shortstop Royce Clayton. Did anybody remember Ooh. Royce Clayton? <laughs> <laughs> I think what was it? it was 07, I think he was on the team. And he hit one yeah. home run, I yeah. remember. Because I think it was the same game Frank Thomas hit his 500th home run as a Blue Jay. Uh, I'm yeah. pretty sure Royce Clayton homered that day, too. And then he was gone after half the season. But yeah, pretty pretty damn random Royce Clayton as a Blue Jay shortstop. That's how much of a dark wow. hole shortstop was back then, right? <laughs> oh my goodness. Jeez. Yeah, that's uh that was right before who was the dude from San Diego that came over during the Scott Rowland trade? God, what was his name? David X. Oh yes, there you go. That yeah, was right before X time, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, there you go. Sorry, guys. No, it's all good. But, but maybe that's how we should handle this. We'll go around the table. So if Adam just took one of mine. But David Eckstein, honestly, that was a year, guys. We were supposed to be really good, and all these guys didn't perform up mm-hmm. to uh, the levels that they had previously, other than maybe Frank Thomas on that year. But um, you would have thought that lineup was very solid those few years with what we amassed. But the offense could not quite cut the cheese, to say the least, I guess. Those guys were just a little too old. But, uh, Corsair, your turn. Yeah. Bring up a guy. <laughs> Jeff Mathis. Oh, Jeff Mathis. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. That was a heck of a catching Quite tandem. random. Okay, yeah, so here. A, I'm, Mathis I'm, and Joe I'm Buck. I'm in on this. <laughs> or John Buck. Does anybody <laughs> remember back when Jeff Mathis was a Blue Jay, the battery mate, during his first start as a Blue Jay behind the plate of catcher, does anybody remember who the starting pitcher was that day? Because this is a random-ass Blue Jay, too, that it didn't get a response to. So this one is out of left field. In 2012 is the year that Mathis was on the team. Does anybody name who was starting on the mound that day, game three of the season, and was pitching to Jeff Mathis? Josh Towers. Was it Santos? Nope. <laughs> no. Did you hear me with Josh Towers? Joel no, it wasn't Josh Towers. <laughs> it was Joel Carreno. Does anybody remember Joel <gasps> Carreno? There's no. The name. Who the hell is Joel Carreno? I'm going to have to Google that one. I think you're bullshit. Yeah, <laughs> look, up, look up Joel Carreno. He started one game, even though he was a – I think he was a reliever, but they were like, yeah, let's throw him out there. Game three of the year, and then Henderson Alvarez started the home opener. So I guess that's why. They just wanted Alvarez to get the home opener. But regardless, yeah, Joel Carreno. Not even kidding. <laughs> wow. Okay. All there right. he is. <laughs> that is not my submission as number two. I just throwing that out there for whoever whoever wanted to know that there was a guy named Joel Carino who pitched one game for the Blue Jays. <laughs> Corsair, wow. all I heard is he wow. really wanted to throw a curveball at us and watch us fall flat on our face. That's right. That's <laughs> that, that, that is a damn curveball. <laughs> wow. Trouble with the curve. Okay. So, Brendan, I guess that brings you to your uh, second one. Well, who was yours, Craig? Who was your, who was your first one? David Eckstein. <laughs> oh, right, David Eckstein, of course, of course. All right, my second one, and I replied to this to somebody who replied to me immediately, Brad Wilkerson, uh, who was a left wow. fielder back in, like, I don't I don't even remember what year he played for the Blue Jays, but, yeah, Brad Wilkerson is pretty damn random. He comes up there for me, for sure. Left fielder, a little bit of pop. I think I saw one home run in person that Brad Wilkerson hit, 
And I'm like, okay, you can go away now. <laughs> he looked good in Q's, man, when he was in the minors, but just never translated. Quadruple A. So, Corsair, yeah. you got another one? Gustavo Chassin. Boom. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> he had his own cologne. Yeah. Does I, remember, I remember the name the of it? Or was it just Chassin? <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was. I think it was just Justine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Guys, the night that they gave that away was my grade eight graduation, and I remember being pissed oh, off that I couldn't. I couldn't go and get the cologne. <laughs> I was so upset. I wanted to go get the cologne because that is a cool ass giveaway. But no, I couldn't go. It's my grade eight graduation. <laughs> Has anyone it? ever smelled it? <laughs> well, at this point, it probably just feels I've like never years smelled of shame, it. right? Yeah, <laughs> shattered yeah. dreams. So all I heard is Panikar wanted to go so that he could have something to wear to his like what sophomore ball or dance or. Because <laughs> <laughs> you know, smell good. You know what? Be like, yeah, smell like a Stavish Shafin. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's too funny. So now I've been just blanking on all my fun, but I'm gonna bring up an old Blue Jay here just because I was goofing around with it before. Yeah, sure. Danny Ainge, basketball player, <laughs> was first a yep. Blue Jay. <laughs> So, I think I was reading the other day that somebody, I think it was Stoughton that put it out, but there was a, like, the worst players in Blue Jay history that had 150 games, and it was replaced by war, that the number one worst person was Danny Ainge with a negative 1.5 war <laughs> over oh, his tenure with the Blue Jays. That's a lot of games for a guy with that low of a war. I can see why he transitioned yeah. to basketball. Just saying. <laughs> Yep. Yep. All right. Bring us home. Yep. <laughs> Go ahead, uh, Brandon. My my third guys. There's just so many interesting ones to, to choose from, but I'm going to steal from one of the respondents that are on this list and go with Brian Tallett. the like six oh. foot ten guy who can only throw <laughs> like eighty nine. Yeah, the crazy mustache. <laughs> I was, he, the guy was massive, and he could only throw, like, 90 miles per hour. Kind of like John Roush, who yeah. was, like, 6'11 and could only throw 90. Yeah. <laughs> Just terrible. He was tatted up, uh, Roush. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and he was terrifying. Remember when he got into that argument with the home plate umpire, John Farrell? Yeah. Had the, Farrell had, yeah. his jersey. He couldn't, couldn't hold it back. Yeah, he couldn't do it. That was uh, Halliday's first game back as a Philly uh, when, Brian, or when, uh, when John Roush went out there. And got all pissed off at the home plate umpire. It's crazy. Yeah, I was at that game. It was hilarious. <laughs> Were you? Yeah, I was too. <laughs> yeah, I was at that game, and I couldn't have been happier to watch Jose Bautista take Halliday deep. So if anybody wanted to do it, I wanted it to be Bautista. <laughs> like changing in the guard <laughs> thing, right? Old Blue Jay versus new Blue Jay. Here you go. Game on. Because I love them both, obviously. So, okay, Adam, your turn. Oh, I was debating which one I want to say. I'll go with this one. Uh, do I want to? Uh, okay, I'll just do it. Dustin McGowan. Uh, Dustin McGowan ooh. only because I love the chops, and he low-key came back. Like, yeah. when the Blue Jays changed their their logo to what we see today, he low-key came back and tried to give it another go, and it just didn't work out. Um, I remember he was highly touted, and we had a lot of like hope for him. And he just injuries got the best of him, and he didn't work out. But those chops, man, that was I love that. Chops are a thing of beauty. 
Speaking of games <laughs> yeah. I was at, I was at Dustin McGowan's one hitter against the Rockies. Craig, I always go. forget how many games we were at too because I was at that one as well against the Rockies. <laughs> I forget who it was that broke it up, but I I remember remember Taz Matsui, Kazuo Matsui, the second baseman. Yep, he was the one who walked to get on base at first, and I can't remember who broke up the no hitter in the night. I believe. Speaking of obscure names from any baseball pass, John Vanderwall. Pinch hit oh, ex- specialist. Oh wow! <laughs> if I recall right, it was John Vanderwall that year. But that was the year that the uh, Rockies went to the World Series too, wasn't it? Oh seven, yeah, I think it was. Too low was yeah. a rookie, or yeah. in his rookie season, or whatever. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Matt Holiday so, was on that team, right? Was Holiday? Yeah, on? Yep. yeah. Matt Holiday. The two thousand seven Rockies were pretty damn good when you think about it. Which makes mm-hmm. on that McGowan mm-hmm. start look all that much better. I know, right? Yeah. So, all right. Howie Clark. Yeah. <laughs> part, part of the most infamous moments ever with Alex Rodriguez. <laughs> yeah. So, yes. how, I loved watching Howie Clark play, though. And he was a, another guy that was just a grinder. Very much so. Him and Reed Johnson in that year, in 2004. Reed Johnson. Sucked. I loved Reed Johnson. <laughs> yeah. So, we went up having... You know, 2003, the Cy Young Award winner and the should-be MVP in Carlos Delgado. Thanks, A-Rod. But then that second year, the two of them got hurt. The whole team fell apart, and it ended up becoming basically everybody on this list that we're talking about here. And the team was more or less faced by Reed Johnson and Howie Clark. And it's because they just went out there and freaking muscled every goddamn thing they could. 110% 110% grind, yep. grind, grind. But that's just how bad we were in 2004. So Crazy. I do remember um, the A-Rod incident. My wife, then girlfriend, was away. And I was just, like, keeping notes on things I wanted to tell her. Because at this point, there was no, like, social media that I could just email her stuff. <laughs> or I could. But she was in Costa Rica. It wasn't like we had smartphones back then anyway. Yeah. And I just remember, I fucking hate A-Rod! Just, like, writing it down <laughs> with a bunch of exclamation points. <laughs> and I was like, I need to talk to someone about this. But yeah, that's that's a moment in Blue Jays history that uh, that definitely leaves uh, a, a bad taste in people's mouths because you know A Rod had to pull that. But whatever, I'm I'm kind of over it, I guess. Maybe to that put was, that in that pers- Trump's like best confidant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so to put that all into perspective, everybody, Matt, or Adam wrote that down in a bunch of explanations, put it in an envelope, sent it to Cor- Costa Rica, because that's how you sent text messages. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. I, I, I mean, email was that. around. <laughs> yeah, email was around. Email was around, but it's just, she was in Costa Rica. She didn't have, a, there were no iPhones back then, so it's kind of like, this is what you're dealing with. Here you go. <laughs> Actual text in a message. That's it. That's it. That's love, man. That's straight up love. I just think it's hilarious that we're all like, what, around 30? <laughs> we were making these jokes. I'm 34. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, good freaking times. But, anyways, so, Brendan, give us some of the, give us some of the highlights off of the Twitter verse that we had. Yeah. Like, you know, your tur- your turn. No, We've obviously went through a few of our favorites here in this conversation. Run through the list and give us some guys that we can talk about here in the next couple minutes. Absolutely. You know, I will give them shout outs too for everybody who replied to some of my personal favorites. So the first one that comes up, and this was quite a common response, and this is from at Captain Maverick eighty five, Kawhi Ananobi. 
He replied to it saying, Russ Adams, sticking on the shortstop team with Royce Clayton. Remember mm-hmm. Russ Adams? <laughs> I do. Next the guy who could nice. not make a throw like to first base. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So Russ Adams was one of my favorites. Uh, here, let's see what some other good ones were. Oh, reliever Justin Spire was another. Yes. <laughs> yes. Back in like the 2005 bullpen or 2006 bullpen. You know what? There was a lot of responses from that exact same bullpen where there was Justin Spire, Scott Schoenweiss, Vinny Chalk, and there was one other I'm blanking on right now. But those three guys were quite common responses, all from the exact same bullpen back in like 05 and 06. Brandon League was in there too. Brandon League. As well. <laughs> they started the same games you, with the Dodgers for a little while. Pulled, uh, I got a good mm-hmm. one here for you that was supposedly the closer of the future for the Blue Jays for a little while that we ended up trading. Paul Spoljarek. Paul, Paul Spoljarek. That was a good response wow. that some people gave too. <laughs> Knocking things loose, man. He ended up turning into Jose Cruz Jr. That he was part of that so, trade, I think. Yeah, I think you're right, yeah. Way back when. So, guys, this next one, I'm sticking with the bullpen theme here. This was a good response. And I think this was from three or four different people. At Dylan Shields replied Jesse Carlson, another reliever who had an Jesse incredible Carlson. season. And then basically had his arm fall off. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Basically, yeah. He was Gibby's favorite reliever for a little while during Gibby's first stint as manager. He'd always go to Jesse Carlson as a lefty. Yeah. That's probably why I do remember that. Wow. Yeah. Another good one, which a few people gave, was uh, from at Blue Jays Girl 19, was Joe Inglet, the utility oh, infielder whoa. and outfielder. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know you want to take the next name that I'm thinking off the top of my head. <laughs> I already yeah, made that go joke. Go for it. <laughs> Frankie Manichino, same mold. Oh, yeah. Fucking Frank Manichino. <laughs> uh, wow. Frank Manichino's a coach now. Flashbacks. Uh, I think you're right. I can't remember with where, but... can't remember, but apparently he's a bench coach or something now. So, the next one from at the heck on Twitter, Jason Nix, third baseman. And yeah. I think he played a little bit of outfield, too. Oh, that was a dark period with Jason Nix on an everyday roster. <laughs> Jesus. Did he end up with the Yankees at the end of that season, too? And going to the playoffs? I believe you're right. Ugh. I believe you were right. Probably raked it there, too. Probably. <laughs> Gio Urshela pre- yeah. prelude. <laughs> oh, yeah. So the last one I'll give, guys, at, from at Baby Birds is Corey Kosky. Canadian third baseman who everybody was super stoked for because he was Canadian and that's about the only reason. <laughs> yeah. Well, he was good when he was with the Twinkies. You know, just he was. That, oh, he got hurt and he never came back. So he was such a is. disappointment. <laughs> I remember that him and um, we got a pitcher from the White Sox at one point too. Jason Beret never pitched a game with the Blue Jays. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Okay, guys, I want to bring up one more, just uh, just because this one was, I think, my favorite response. The most random Blue Jay, Mike Napoli. <laughs> Blue for like Jay a for day. four days. Yeah. yeah. Oh, four before days, he, yeah. yeah. <laughs> before he's traded for Frank Francisco. <laughs> Out of all yep. people, give me yep. Napoli. I want party yep. at Napoli's, not Frank Francisco. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we ended up getting our revenge, though, in 15, so... 
That's Come right. That Knock works. him out of the playoffs. Get away from Mike Napoli. That, that <laughs> and 16, so, but whatever. So do you guys agree with the statement that some people replied with? Because I replied to some guy saying, holy crap, I totally forgot this guy was on here, but he had so much potential. That basically from, I want to say, 03, maybe 04 to 2010 was basically a whole bunch of random guys surrounding Vernon Wells, Alex Rios, and Roy Halladay. Yes. Fair statement. Yeah. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> Fair you could say Aaron Hill, too. Yeah, Aaron Hill had some fantastic year, and, and Adam Lind, too. Yeah. Adam Lind, yeah. I, you know, I, I know a lot of people had some hope in Overbay, but he was never, like, an impact player. So, other than the, that handful of players that you mentioned, uh, yeah, I mean, Lily. Could you throw Lily, Lily. Yeah, I yeah. think you could throw Lily. He, oh he was God. an all-star in 04. I got to tell this story yeah. because it just popped into my head. I happened to be over at my parents' house the other day. I was looking through some of my old Blue Jay shit in my parents' house. I came across a Ted Lilly Pez, Pez dispenser. What? Wow. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I was should that be like a giveaway that or thing. something? Yeah, that was one of the giveaway days, and it's brand new in the bag with the candy and everything. <laughs> oh, wow. eBay. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Put that up there. <laughs> the only thing I was thinking is, like, everybody's going to like, who the fuck is Ted Lilly? <laughs> You know, I, was, I remember him, but I just should, don't see it. You should I, deliberately I, send that to Gibby. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. And I then I'll send him a little story. boat with a Shea Hill and Brandon uh, starring lineup figure yes. on it. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, my first ever Blue Jay game, it was in 2005 that I went to in person, and it was McGowan's debut. But I remember being so pissed off that McGowan was starting because it was Ted Lilly's turn to start. And I had never seen a Ted Lilly start. Like, I would see a decent pitcher out in the mound in my first ever Blue Jay game, but Lilly got injured the start right before that one. And they called up McGowan to fill his spot in the rotation. So it was McGowan's debut, but it was supposed to be Ted Lilly. And I remember being really pissed off I didn't get to see him. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> Sounds like you've seen plenty of good games, including one of the games that we're actually going to talk about in the rest of the show today, Brendan. So I'm thinking you made up for it. <laughs> I think so. Maybe. I hope so. Touch. <laughs> Maybe. So me, me and Adam are very jealous. Just saying. <laughs> I'm sure the uh, the McGowan game was a lot cheaper. Like, yeah. Oh, way way back when, absolutely. <laughs> I remember used to going up to the the day of the game, getting five dollar Canadian uh, <laughs> seats up in the nosebleed section for that 2004 to freaking 2010 area you were just talking about there. Yeah. My dad would just pick up and go and drive from Rochester up to Toronto and have a good time. So, Didn't they have Toonie Tuesdays? They did. They used to. And they had to yeah. shut it down because so many people would go and just get absolutely yeah. wasted because wasted. they would just spend two bucks <laughs> on tickets that will just buy a crap ton of money on alcohol. So everybody would get lit as hell and start throwing stuff and start a fight. In the 500, so like, dude. Yeah. You yeah. always see the shots. The 500 level was packed full of people. Because it was two bucks. They're like, oh, this is a bad idea. Awesome. <laughs> At least back then, those plastic cups that they always used to hand out with the beer in it and everything, they broke on impact. I can't believe I still have That's some. They, I, I literally had one that uh, was a Pat Hankin and back-to-back uh, Pat Hankin Roger Clemens Cy Young Award winning like uh, cup, right? And in the midst of that, I literally went to go pick it off off my mantle the other day to just slide it. The whole bottom fell off of it. <laughs> I was like, what the heck kind of plastic <laughs> yeah. is this? So, good shit. But anyway. That was fun. <laughs> yeah, that was Random fun. Random Blue Jays. <laughs> Random Blue Jays. We're going to have to have some more fun like that. But that's unfortunately, guys, the we're in the off-season off programming already. <laughs> 
Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so, um, we still have our top prospects that we're going to talk about here, but I figured once that would give people eventually once we get some eventual <laughs> spring training like simulation game thing going on, we'll get back to doing all that kind of stuff. So, back to what we're going to talk about today. Fellas, we're going to talk Blue Jays home runs. Obviously, we're going to talk about the big ones and go crazy with bat flips and walk-offs. But before I get to that and we start talking about the key home runs in Toronto Blue Jays history, I want to talk about home runs in general to the three of us. Best ones you've been seen in person, witnessed on TV, whatever it might be. I just want to go around and talk home runs in general with each of you before we get into a, what I'm assuming, because it always is with Blue Jays fans, a heated debate on what is the top five Blue Jays home runs. We're not ranking them, but we're going to hash it out why each one deserves to possibly be ranked the top one in Blue Jays history. So, um, Mr. Corsair, let's start off with you as you are the, I'm going to say guest, even though you're not really a guest. <laughs> part of the team now, Craig. You just said that earlier. I get it, but I'm Come just on. saying that he's his first one here, so I'm giving him the honor. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so these are non-Blue Jays home runs we're going to talk about first? They can be Blue Jay home runs out of the five that we had talked about that we established that are the marquee, the Mount Rushmore okay. home runs for Blue Jays things. So it can be either Blue Jay home runs or just Major League Baseball home runs that you thought were key home runs that you happen to have basically witnessed. Okay, all right. So, like, at the top of my list, again, this isn't ranked, but the top of my list, being where I am in New England, watching this live was mm-hmm. so, so, so great, and I wouldn't trade it for anything, and I'm not even a Yankees fan, but the Boone home run and the 2003 ALCS walk-off off of Wakefield, give it to me all day. One of the best home runs I've ever seen. <laughs> I don't know why you would like that, hating the Red Sox living in where you Inject it in my (laughs) veins, all of it. I loved it. Uh, Why do I picture you, like, running around all the people you know that are Red Sox fans and catching their tears and then just, like, drinking it? (laughs) Because it happened, right? Because that's what happened. I I believe it. (laughs) All right. uh, That's a good one. A very, very good one. Brendan, you want to give me one? We'll just go through a couple. I'll give you one. I'll give you one for that's non-Blue Jays related because my list of five outside of the Blue Jays five is pretty much all Blue Jays uh, that I've seen. But one that pops into my head immediately was as recently as 2016. Uh, and for kind of uh, selfish uh, reasons with uh, one of my best friends, his name is also Brendan, funny enough. Uh, he's a massive New York Mets fan. And the Mets and the Jays both had their wild card games in 2016. And so when I came home, the night of Edwin's walk-off, I was going nuts, went, ran into the condo with them both sitting out there, Matt mm. and Brendan, just going insane. And I could see Brendan Cabello just sitting there be like, oh, shit, I got to go through this ball card thing tomorrow night, being the Mets fan. And so me and him were watching the Mets and Giants wild card game, 0-0 into the ninth. And then Connor Gillespie, some utility man, just hits a three-run bomb off of Jerry Familia. And I look over at Cabello, did not say a word, and he's just sitting there, puts his hood up, all quiet, and secretly I'm like, I kind of feel bad, but I kind of don't, knowing that the Blue Jays are going through to the division series and the Mets are staying home just for our fun little rivalry we got going. So that was one of my personal favorites. <laughs> that is a hell of a good time. Great period. moment. Great moment. That good moment in baseball, too. That that The whole wild card game thing is 
just perfect to me, guys. And I'm assuming you would both agree with me, especially after we had that like quasi wild card Wednesday thing a few years before that. It was nice to see them force that sudden death playoff game. And I think baseball has only reaped the benefits since that. You yeah. guys agree? I hope it's crazy. I do. Yeah. You know what? Yeah. yeah. I was at the, the wild card game in 2016 and the whole day leading up to it and then getting in line to go into the Rogers Center, it just felt so different because everybody's going in there knowing, oh shit, it's just one game. Anything could happen. We're either going home or moving on to an actual series next. So it's a very, very unique kind of atmosphere and feeling in the entire ballpark because everybody's on edge all day, which was crazy. I love it. The wild card game's awesome. Bring on the tension, right? So one of my favorite home runs, and this is definitely a non-Blue Jay one. So Cal Ripken Jr., the night of the 2,131 consecutive game. You couldn't have scripted mm. this, fellas. I'm sitting there watching the game with my dad, just goofing around, having a good time, and he comes up glued to the damn TV. Watching that guy hit that home run during that moment, you know every camera on that freaking ballpark is fixated on him, and for him to be able to turn around a very good pitch and get a home run to make the to give the Orioles a chance to win. And then the Orioles in 1995, guys, were pretty damn stacked with him and Alomar up the middle. So it's not like this yeah. was Cal Ripken's like swan song or anything, but this was definitely on the you know, the declining part of his career where he was still a very, very damn good player, but could you have a bigger flair for the dramatic with all that yeah. going on? And then doing the same thing in his, you know, all-star appearance in his last season. But that home run on that night, just watching that ballpark go nuts on a non-playoff game and have that playoff mentality in 1994 for that, just insane. Or no, sorry, 95. Crazy. 95. Yeah, he would have broke this broke the streak Crazy. in '94 if they didn't have a strike. That was what the ticket was. Right, right. <laughs> so, but that was one of my personal favorites, and just sitting there with my dad watching that, and it was a great game. Period. And then the fact that Bobby Bonilla and freaking Rafael Palmero throw him out of the dugout and they go do a victory lap around the ballpark. Good stuff. <laughs> hey, Bobby Bonilla, Bobby Bonilla still gets his uh, awesome what is it, one point five million dollar payday every July first. Yep, Bobby Bonilla day. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep, on Canada Day, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to guess I'll go, but we'll go back around now that we've all kind of did non-Blue Jay home runs. Give me, Brendan, back to you, a non-top five home run that you are very happy to have been witness to as a Blue Jay fan. Uh, on TV, I looked there for this one. It was a Thursday afternoon uh, in 2010. It was Jose Bautista's 50th home run. Uh, and that one just kind of signified, holy shit, this guy is unreal. Like, 50 home runs in a season is damn impressive, fellas, as we all know. But, like, the fact that he hit that as a solo bomb, they won one nothing off of Felix Hernandez, of all people, and Hernandez was still in his prime. Just It's just like, hey, the Blue Jays have a superstar yeah. on their hands. And kind of following that, that home run, not as a completely different one, but... Everybody, you know, they re-signed Bautista to the extension, and everybody's very, very like, hmm, can he do this again? Because this is, like, unprecedented. This guy goes from journeyman utility guy to 54 home runs. Opening day 2011, hit the bomb. And it's, I think it was his first or second at bat uh, against the Twins in 2011. We're like, okay, yeah, Jose Bautista's for real. <laughs> so, yeah, 50 yep. home runs just kind of signified. This guy's here, he's a superstar. 
And I think in a lot of ways, guy kind of put the Blue Jays back on the map because people are like, yeah, we got to watch this Bautista guy. Yeah, definitely. You got to think that was at least the foundation that the future of this conversation would come to. <laughs> so, Adam, your turn, my friend. Blue Jay home run. Oh, can I just say every single home run that was uh, hit off of you, Darvish, in the uh, 2016 playoffs? <laughs> like, every one of them. Wasn't that like an 11 to nothing game or something? It was yeah. crazy how many runs they scored. And just hitting meatballs off of you, Darvish, in that, in that postseason game. Just to get that revenge, sort of. I wouldn't say revenge because we beat them. But just to, you know, add insult to injury against uh, the Rangers. Well, I think that season, that was when uh, Bautista got punched in the face. Just to yeah. end that with, with a, just an amazing game. It was a midday game, too. I remember coming home from work early to watch it. Every single one of those home runs, it was just like, goddamn right, this is the Blue Jays team that killed you last year. It's God, and it was just like <laughs> reaffirmation that this team was for real. So that was one of the coolest group of home runs that I saw as a Blue Jays fan, for sure. What was the saying? It's better to get punched in July than in knocked out in knocked September. out. Yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yeah. That, whoever came up with that sign is a genius. <laughs> so, um, so I'll go to mine, and I don't remember the date that this sure. happened, and I probably never will because there's just been so many <laughs> ridiculous monster home runs that this man has hit. I was at this game. Where Carlos Delgado just destroyed this pitch, and it went so far in the right field that it literally looked like it embedded itself in the Hard Rock Cafe windows. <laughs> it just—I can't believe it didn't break it. This thing was—I think it might have been still climbing when it hit the damn restaurant. It was hit that freaking hard. <laughs> you got to think that's what 450 feet away from that area of the ballpark. And oh, yeah, for sure. If he hits yeah. this thing on a loop, it's landing in the frickin' 500 level with no problem. But this is just insane amount of power. I think it was 2003 in the year where he had the MVP. He should have had the MVP, sorry. <laughs> but yeah. just having a guy like you were mentioned, having a guy like Jose Bautista, Carlos Delgado was the face of the Blue Jays' offense for the very beginning part of his career. Don't forget, guys, he was actually part of the Toronto Blue Jays' 1993 World Series roster as a catcher. And for him yeah. to come that far yeah. and become a face of a franchise after all that other stuff, that was a core that should have been a force to be reckoned with. They just could not build the right pieces around people like Delgado and company. So that and watching people like Sean Green and everything go, that happens. So it's what <laughs> yeah. it is. that's baseball for you. But, fellas, so... We're about halfway through our show here, and this is where I assumed we were going to amass the majority of our um, time here, talking Blue Jays' top five home runs and debating on which one of these home runs actually should be the proper one in Blue Jays' things. I think you can actually make an argument where each one of these, and rather than ranking them like I mentioned, we're actually going to just hash out each one of these home runs on why they probably should be ranked first. So I'm gonna unless you guys have something to add to the previous one, previous conversation, I say we dive right into this. I'm good. Good. Yeah, good okay. to it. So I'm gonna start with the obvious one here. It's the epitome moment where it seems like at least the MLB uh, network and other baseball facets like to go to for Blue Jays highlights, and that is literally touching them all for Joe Carter in the 1993 World Series. 
fellas, this is literally um, the second time in baseball history that this has ever happened. It is still, to this day, the second time that there has been a World Series walk-off winning home run. And Joe Carter does that in 1993 mm-hmm. off Mitch Williams. Adam, put it together for me, man. Why is this easily the one for you as far as Blue Jay goes, or is it not? <laughs> give me your give me your pitch. <laughs> so this, like before realizing that, you know, it, I inadvertently ranked them. This was my number one. Um, okay. it, it's, it's not to take anything away from 1992, but they won it on the road. Right, and seeing a team win a World Series on the road, it's kind of like, oh, that's cool. Like, the, the, you want to see the the excitement of the fan around them, and I think that's what made 1993 the Joe Carter walk off so amazing, is that it was in Toronto, and it was the first time that the World Series was run, was you know won on non American soil, which is amazing. Like that that is literally literally history in baseball. And seeing the circumstances around it, seeing like in 1992 when, when um, Carter had the ball at first base and Timlin was like, that's my ball, that's my, that's my win. And Carter was right, all right, man, I hope this pays back for me someday. And then the next year he hits a walk-off home run. You can't script it better. That's so poetic. And for me, like, that is something that is so incredibly valuable as a Blue Jays fan. And that will always, always be, for me, the number one moment, period, in Blue Jays history, period. Now, Brendan, I know that this is a little not exactly you weren't living it like uh, because of the slight age difference between you and me and Corsair, <laughs> but I know you're a diehard Blue Jays fan, and what has this home run meant to you while watching it on the highlight reels? Uh, I mean, a ton, knowing the fact that they went back-to-back um, as, what, one and a half in October of, 20, or of 1993. <laughs> so, yeah, I obviously don't remember it. Uh, but it was nice to be alive during it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. right then, absolutely. I knew everything that was going on in 1993. <laughs> but no, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's nice, guys, having uh, the ability to go back um, and whenever baseball is brought up in conversation with, with anybody, regardless of where you travel to, if it's a fellow Canadian, if it's an American at a visiting ballpark, whoever it may be, being like, yeah, the Blue Jays have won back-to-back World Series in 1992 and 1993. It's, it's kind of, for me, a source of pride being like, I, I know I wasn't alive, but can still tout that they won back-to-back World Series. But uh, I think just the fact as well that they are the only one to win it outside of the United States and keep it for consecutive years. They, you know, the Raptors could be keeping it for consecutive years now without a champion uh, in That's the NBA right. that happened this year. So it's always special uh, for Canadian teams in largely American markets to win championships. So the fact that they are able to keep it for a second straight year, I have a hard time arguing that it is probably the most impactful one with, and that removes my biases of some of the more recent ones too. Yeah. Like I said, only the second time in baseball history, fellas, that there was a world series winning home run. This is the kind of stuff that kids dream of. And there you go. So that is the, according to, you know, MajorLeagueBaseball.com, that is the epitome of Toronto Blue Jays' home runs. So, Corsair, yeah. apparently you were right as far as picking that for your first one. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. I so, tell no lies. Tell no lies. But I'm going to mix up their little list here because, like I said, I'm trying to debate, not trying to make a ranking list here. So I'm going to bring up another one that was my personal favorite, and that was Roberto Alomar's 1992 
ALCS game winning home run. It wasn't a walk-off. It was in Oakland, and in the midst of this, guys, I think this is the quote-unquote crowning moment for Roberto Alomari because he still uses that, you know, him shoving it or, you know, raising his fists in, ha- you know, happiness after hitting that home run. He knew yeah. as soon as he touched that thing, it was going to be a rocket, and the Blue Jays were going to be running away with this game. So in the midst of that, I think that home run put the Blue Jays on the map because up until that point, fellas, we were getting close, but there was no cigar. Finally, the Blue Jays win the pennant with that home run, and it was off Dennis Eckersley. So once again, Brendan, yeah. I know this wasn't something that you lived, but you've gotten the pleasure of seeing Roberto Alomar in the office and whatnot and how Blue Jays fans talk about him. Is this something that did solidify the Blue Jays, like you were mentioning a minute ago, as that team that was up and coming at this point? Yeah, 100%. I think it does because, as you mentioned, there was a few collapses in series. The Blue Jays are pretty famous back in the 80s and early 90s for blowing 3-1 series leads and just not being able to get over the hump uh, and whatnot. So the fact that there was that moment that propelled them to go to the World Series um, I, I think I, I have a hard time arguing against that. And I try to compare that to what could have been in 2015 or 2016. And I think the closest that we could have had to another Roberto Alomar moment would have been in 2015 had Josh Donaldson not grounded out to Mike Moustakis at third base and snuck it through and got in the two runners at second and third base. I think the Blue Jays would have won game six and probably would have won game seven because they were definitely the better team than Kansas City. Uh, but yeah, that's a standalone moment to be like, yeah, we're arrived, we're here, this is the moment that propelled us to the World Series. And kind of, you know what, I think moments like that just make it seem like you're a team of destiny. you got to have luck, you got to do things against great position players in baseball and any sport for that matter. So, no, I agree with everything you just said, Greg. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it was, um, for me, it, for me, it was, you know, I know I just hyped up the Joe Carter home run uh, quite a bit, but, you know, obviously this happening the year prior. First of all, I hate Dennis Eckersley, so that's, that's <laughs> adds be- you know, a lot more Tell fuel. Tell me how it, you but, really feel. You know, moreover, this, yeah, this, is, this is the home run that changed everything for the Blue Jays, literally. Like, this is the, the home run that changed the course of their history. And it, it sort of made them into a, a I don't want to say a legitimate team, but, you know, made them into a team to be recognized. And for me, this adds to the allure of Alomar's prestige as a Toronto Blue Jay. So for me, this was probably the first most impactful uh, home run in Blue Jays history, I would say. Like, you can probably pinpoint maybe one or two before that, but this is the most history-shifting moment in Blue Jays history to start it off, I think. Yeah. And it was context, right? Like you said, if this is the the 2015 World or ALCS against the Royals, this hit happens, and all of a sudden you have a World Series. They rode that moment, momentum in 1992 from this home run. Not that they were a bad team or a good team or anything, but they just knew they were going to be able to win after this home run, and they rode that all the way through 1993 at the end, and well into 94 if the yeah. strike isn't. <laughs> you know, this team yeah. was a dynasty in the building making with the uh, – Lamco and everything that they had going on. So this just shows you how much the strike ruins these kind of good things and everything. And I hope with all the fun that we have going on in the world today, that baseball's really seriously rethinking how they're going to attack this whole next collective bargaining agreement because I would hate to see our team that is on the rise in a similar fashion to this guy's 
couple moments like this, we're in the same ballpark. I know. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. it is kind of scary to think that 2020 could be potentially wiped out and two. What is it? Two years from now, we could only have 2021, and then 2022 could not be season. Yeah. But eh, we'll save that for later. <laughs> All right. So now one, yeah. I'll, I'll get into some of the more recent. I'm just going to go a little bit in chronological now. <laughs> I want to talk the four home run day by Carlos friggin' Delgado against the Tampa Bay Rays. Guys, have we seen mm. a performance like that by many Blue Jays and in a single game when you boil it down to it? Adam, this was just epic stuff, and not to mention it was the same night he hit his 300th home run and that 301, 302. <laughs> so, <laughs> yep. It was pretty epic. This was like, if you think about it, I think it was home run number four, like the initial low-key Blue Jays bat flip because, like, the camera just got it on the fourth home run where he just, like, flipped it. Um, this is a, during a time in 2003 when there wasn't really much to cheer for in, for the Blue Jays. Like, this is kind of during that dark period um, of the Blue Jays. And for me, seeing this, seeing Delgado, and, you know, Craig, you, you talked about how he came up as a catcher and whatnot, and he just sort of shifted into this godlike figure in Blue Jays history. Uh, to see this culminate into one game, this is probably one of the most, uh, maybe the most special regular season game that you can think of in Blue Jays history. And, you know, seeing it materialize and it, moreover, like, as a Blue Jays fan, this is like one of the few things before, like, the Anthopolis era that you can pinpoint, be like, oh, this is a great moment in Blue Jays history because there wasn't many of them, like, aside from some of the great games that Doc pitched. Um, outside of that, there really wasn't much to, to write home about. So for me, this is just one of those bright moments in Blue Jays history that uh, I think should be appreciated. And literally, like, there's only a handful of players, I think maybe 11, I could be wrong about that, that has hit four home runs in a single game. It's this level of ridiculous, guys. He probably only had four at-bats that game. And to go yard and then yeah. that last one, I, I think my favorite way of summing up that bat flip um, for the whole thing, Adam, is literally he hits the home run, looks over at his dugout, and just says, I don't need this anymore, and throws it back in the dugout. Yeah, shucks <laughs> it, yeah. <laughs> Done with this. It was a little bit more pimped than Jose's. Like, Jose's had a lot of anger behind him, like, yes, we did it. His was just like, I, I am way too good for this right now. <laughs> just, like, pimped it right off. It Send great. this thing to Cooperstown. I just hit my fourth home run. <laughs> yeah. For good reason. <laughs> Brendan, what do you remember about that highlight or that game? I'll be honest, 03, I had not been a baseball fan quite yet. I started okay. watching in 04, and I would <laughs> say I became a full-on fan in 05. So I've only seen the highlights of it whenever they've been reposted. But just I can't imagine a four-home run game, to be honest, just because I haven't seen it uh, from a Blue Jay or let alone anybody for the most part, I believe. But I think three home runs in itself are pretty damn impressive in a game. And we've seen that recently from Edwin, I think twice, uh, and Josh Donaldson back in 2015 when he hit three against Minnesota. But, like, I just can't imagine going up there for four at-bats, which is likely, and hitting a home run all four times and finishing it off in, in epic fashion. I've seen that backflip. Uh, on the highlight, and they're like, yeah, that might be low-key better than Jose's, but obviously the situation yeah. that Jose's came in uh, puts it over the top, but just in terms of only backflip and you remove the scenarios from the game, might be better. <laughs> so, guys, yeah. I have to put this in perspective because I didn't realize that there's only been 
three players since Carlos Delgado to do this. There you go. How recent? Yeah. How yeah. recent? How recent is 2017, and it was two players in 2017. J.D. Martinez. Really? That does not shock me in that little blurb that he was with the Arizona Diamondbacks. And then, oddly, mm-hmm. Scooter Jeanette's freaking triumphant return to the Reds. Oh, right. <laughs> yes, I do yeah. remember Scooter Jeanette. I'll be honest, I don't remember J.D. Martinez doing four in a game, but yeah. I believe it. So then the other one was Josh Hamilton, and he was the only other American that league hitter to do it. He did it in 2012. Doesn't surprise me at all. So Delgado yeah. did it in 2003. It's only three players to do this since 2003. That is slightly yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, Josh Hamilton was yeah. a beast. <laughs> yeah. So, and we know what JD Martinez has done, and he's been a monster his whole career. But then having a random blip like uh, <laughs> like Scooter Jeanette. So, but the funny thing is, there's three Blue Jays on this list, guys, or at least Blue Jays at really? one point. So. Sean oh, okay. Green, They're not Blue Jays that did it. No, correct. Yeah. They were, Sean Green did it against okay. the Dodgers, or with the Dodgers against the Brewers in 2002, and then Mark Hitton Witten did it, it with the Cardinals. <laughs> uh, so back to our Osama, we went full freaking circle on our random Blue Jay obscure list. Yeah, that's pretty damn <laughs> <Yeah>. random. <laughs> so there you go. Now you can point that one up for me. <laughs> so there you go. All right. Now, guys, we're talking definitely super recent, and I think we know what two home runs we're going to talk about here. Um, let's talk 2015 Jose Bautista bat flip, and I think I have to let Brendan talk about this first because he was actually at the game. So, Brendan, what was the ballpark like? Because this was a game that had basically up until that point everything blowing up in the Blue Jays' face from the little Russell Martin toss back to the mound that went astray and letting watching Punk Road New Door come in to score <laughs> and watching a, what, was a 45-minute delay to calm the crowd down? And then, yeah. then this. It was almost cathargic. <laughs> yeah, it was insane. Like uh, I don't think I'll ever experience another moment like that in, in sports, probably, uh, ever again. Uh, so, a, it kind of sucks that it happened so early, but B, I'm also glad that it did happen, of course. Uh, but, oh, I, I mean, for me, obviously, the next two that we're going to talk about, this one and, and the next one, those are like my 1992 and 1993 memories, mm-hmm. actually being a fan and being fully invested. So I definitely have more bias to that. But just the fact that you go from, so I'm going to go back as far as the sixth inning, which really wasn't that far ago, but the bottom of the sixth, Edwin hits the solo shot off Cole Hamill to tie it at 2-2. Like, okay, shit, good. We're even again. We're at least high going into the seventh inning uh, if we don't take the lead here in the sixth. And then to have the high of Edwin's home run come crashing down with the craziness that is off of Shinsu Chu's bat and the run actually scoring and counting. And then everybody around you in the sections are just all looking up on their phones and Twitter feeds being like, is this legal? Like, is this run actually going to count? And it did. And then everybody starts chucking beers onto the field and it's like, stop throwing beers on the field and making ourselves look like a bunch of idiots being at this ballpark and throwing beers out of the field and potentially harming people. And then having the craziness of one player, Elvis Andrus, making three errors in the same inning to get the bases loaded, a run scored off of Donaldson's little nibbler that barely went over Odor's head, and then Bautista doing what he did. Yeah, I just, I don't know if there's ever going to be another moment like that unless maybe a, a game winner like a Kawhi Leonard shot would probably be very close to that 
for winning the series against Philadelphia, if not on the same level. Uh, as that's been the debate recently is the Kawhi shot against Baptiste's bat flip. But, yeah, I don't know. It, 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 there's honestly a lot of words, but also at the same time no words that can describe that game. It was pure insanity and chaos. But I can tell you both, the partying afterwards went well into the night. Like, I want to say four or five <laughs> in the morning. <laughs> do you remember it? <laughs> I, I do. I do remember it. I, I, but what the, are we drinking uh, for? The there was this big it. crowd-pleasing home run, and then I don't remember anything. <laughs> <laughs> we went to a bar close by, the Fox and Phil. It's right across the street. We had some drinks there, and then we went to another place to watch the end of the Royals and the Astros to be like, oh, are we going to be home uh, against the Astros if they win uh, for Friday night, game with ALCS, or we go on the road Kansas City. Sure enough, it was Kansas City, and we know how that ended. Boo. <laughs> yeah, boo. That's a good way to put it. <laughs> yeah. So, Corsair, before I tell my random-ass story to our listeners about my evening during the bat flip, it was a little different than Brendan's. <laughs> so, sure. we'll go, give us your two cents and uh, the what has become more or less this generation's Joe Carter home run. Yeah, so what I was saying before that I ranked him, this was uh, a close second for me. Um, the reason why it wasn't number one is because the World Series wasn't one. I think that's just what literally put it over the top. But uh, I think, Brennan, you vocalized it perfectly. Like You, you said that this is sort of your uh, Joe Carter moment, and you were lucky enough to be there live. And I think that's true for a lot of Blue Jays fans now, because this definitely, like, there's there's a sort of, like, I don't want to say a, a, a polarity, but there's certain segments of fans that like those that could appreciate the Carter home run, like when it happened and those that could appreciate the Batista home runs when it happened, because they were just so eerily similar, almost to the placement of where the home run went. Um, it's very, very similar. Um, but for me, it's just kind of like, you will never, ever, ever forget where you were, what you were doing, where you were sitting, who you were with, how, what you were wearing, like every little intricate detail during that home run, I remember, like, everything. And what, what amazes me is that, and I've said this on Twitter, that that is by far the best sports game I've ever seen in my life. Because that entire, all you need to do is watch the seventh inning. That's it. All you need yeah. is the seventh <laughs> inning. From the top to the bottom, all you need is because as a Blue Jays fan, seeing what happened in the seventh inning, I'm saying to myself, of course this is how it ends. Of course this is what happens because I'm a Blue Jays fan. Of course, it has to be this weird, obscure rule that's never happened ever, <laughs> and this is how it, it goes to shit. This is how it happens, because I'm a Blue Jays fan. I'm like, if there was ever any hope, please let it come in the bottom of the seventh. And you're right, the three, I think it was four, was it three or four outs that should have been? I think it was four. It was four four errors yeah, in a row. Right? That, yeah, like four errors in a row that should have been. And you get that little bloop by Russell Martin and everything, and then building up like it was a crescendo right into that home run. I remember jumping out of my couch, throwing whatever I had in my hand to the bookcase to my left, scream like a whale, like just coming out of my, I don't know what it was, just like <laughs> a, a, a vocalization. <laughs> yeah, coming out of my mouth and just like falling to the ground in tears, like a grown man crying in tears, just with my wife just celebrating. I was like, this is the best sports moment of my life. And that is why, like, we, we just had an episode in the South Six podcast talking about, like, the Kawhi shot versus this. I rank this over the Kawhi shot. I really do. Yeah. Because, like, this is the first time. Yes, this is the first time in a long time Toronto sports has experienced success. 
at that time. And just the, the whole buildup and the drama of that seventh <laughs> inning. The lunacy. You couldn't have written it better. You, <laughs> you can't. You can't. Like, just this random rule that you just can't write that with the Kawhi shot. I'm not trying to minimize it, but like a, a buzzer beater shot with the four bounces. Yeah, I can, I can kind of script that. But with this, like, no, you just, everything about this moment as a Blue Jays fan and having Toronto sports finally experience some moniker of su- success. Man, I will never forget that moment. So, like, yes, this is a close second to Carter, but any Blue Jays fans that have grown up into this era of Blue Jays fanhood, I, I do not blame you if this is number one. Yeah. So I got to tell two stories here because I got to tell you the one for the Joe Carter home run to put it into perspective. So I was a kid, and my mom had yelled at us to go to bed. Me and my brother were being sent upstairs. No more. Don't care who's playing. Go upstairs. Meanwhile, my dad is a giant Blue Jays fan. And as soon as Ricky Henderson walked to open up the inning, my dad came up and he goes, come with me. Something crazy is going to happen. <laughs> so we sneak down, ba- down into the basement to watch the game rather than the living room. And it all transpires. And it, it's one of the better memories I have of my dad jumping around in the living room <laughs> or in the basement, you know, just after the home run, celebrating and running around, acting like we're, I'm touching the bases and shit. It was awesome stuff. And then I got flash forward to 2015. I had the, as far as my fandom in general, I had my fandom brought into question because not only did I have the Blue Jays playing in a elimination game for the first time in, you know, my adult life, I was also had paid way too much money to go see Motley Crue for their last tour with Alice Cooper. <laughs> and I was in Buffalo that <laughs> night. So I'm watching the game with some friends at Pearl Street Brewery right down the street from the from the arena. And it's time to go to the concert right after the Russell Martin toss. So I'm all of a sudden Oof. freaking the hell out. What's happening? So I go, I'm full media blackout. I don't want anybody to fucking talk, tell me. I'm not talking to any of my friends. I'm just enjoying the concert. I drove all the way back from Buffalo to Rochester, New York with no phone on because I worked with Jay's Journal at the time. <laughs> all I was going to see if I turned my phone on, fellas, was, oh, my God, or it sucked. Yeah, One or the other. I was never going to be anything in between. <laughs> yeah. So I got all the way home, turned on the TV as I DVR'd it, and fast-forwarded to the seventh inning to the exact moment where the Russell Martin stuff started. Watched the whole beer-throwing incident and all the stuff, and the Blue Jays guys trying to calm down the fans and everything, and then watched the rest of the damn game. When they hit that home run, guys, I literally flipped over my coffee table and screamed. Woke up my (laughs) wife. The dogs are barking. (laughs) It just... It was insane. I, but like I said, I even that delayed, it was the same thing to me. And I felt horrible that I wasn't watching the game when it happened, but the fact that I was able to preserve that moment and have that same reaction as everybody else did from my media blackout. But it was just that that night will always be fresh in my memories. I got a great time at a concert, got drunk, and then I got home and I got to see that. <laughs> <laughs> and get drunk again. Awesome. Yeah, basically, I, I just met, it ended up being a whole nighter thing because I had the day off after work. <laughs> so it's good times, but guys, that is like I said, probably the epitome of most Blue Jays fans, especially new Blue Jays fans, just from the fact that the media for it is so accessible for it and living it. And that was the te- that was the game that basically brought Blue Jays fans back. But I bought that just yeah. for my defense, fellas. I bought those concert tickets like in June when we sucked. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, and was then that I was, before or after the first 11 game win streak? <laughs> it was, uh, actually, that was before, I think. Because oh, wow. I, I had bought tickets the same day to go see Motley Crue with Alice Cooper in Buffalo for the, la- the, fi- the quote unquote final tour. And then I bought tickets to go to the Yankees series with, and celebrate being, you know, getting engaged with my wife. We went up to Toronto for the weekend and that was, ended up becoming at, after I had already bought those tickets months in advance, that ended up being the weekend that T- Tulo had that epic at bat against, um, Mariano Rivera. <laughs> I was there. Yeah. Good I shit. was there. I was there. That was my bachelor party weekend. I was there. Really? Oh, nice. Yeah. Why do we keep missing this yeah. shit? I was there. Yeah, that was um, we lost that game, but that was David Price's start. Correct. Yeah. So yeah, that was, I was the, there. the game yeah. en- basically ended with Troy Tulowinski having like 20, 20 pitches against Mariano Rivera, and I was yeah. just sitting on the third baseline on those seats that are for the football configuration that rotate around underneath the arena like that, and they're all oh, hollow, yeah. so you feel everything shaking underneath you. <laughs> So, but yeah, that was that was crazy. That's crazy, Brent or Adam, that you were there on that weekend because that was like I said, the same weekend I was there too. It's nuts. Yeah, I was there that game. The next day, we lost that one too, and the sun was beating hot. And then we're driving back, and Estrada was pitching that third game, and the Blue Jays won that. And I was like, of course, the game I'm not going. To. <laughs> yeah, we ended up staying for the third game because we were. I was just disappointed after two games of losing. And I'm like, okay, Estrada's yeah. on the hill today, and he's been insane. So let's stay for the next day. And my wife, my now oh, wife, yeah. and I ended up getting a chance to see the Blue Jays beat the Yankees finally. But that was like the last. There you go. That was like the last series, guys, that year that we were rough. After that, it all came together. So, mm-hmm. good shit. Yeah. <laughs> so, I guess now we have one home run to talk up and round out the show here, and that is the Edwin Blast to push the Blue Jays out of the wild card game off of Yibaldo Jimenez. So, Adam, we had one scripted moment in 2015. This couldn't have gotten any better with uh, leaving Zach Britton on the freaking sidelines for the Blue Jays and watching Edwin go blast. <laughs> Thank you, thank you, thank you, Orioles. Like that was a pure, pure meatball uh, that Jimenez gave up. I, I just remember Orioles fans being like, "What is going on right now?" It was, it was amazing. And you know, thank you, Showalter, for making bad decisions. Um, but anyways, like it, it's, it's one of those games. Like again, much like the Bautista game, it was eerie, eerie, eerie. Sorry that it was like a year removed sort of and this is a wild card game and uh, I remember being at work and listening to the fan 590 all day because it was streaming on the rate on the on the internet so I have access to it and I remember um, listening to people like being hyped up about it and being nervous because it's like a one-day playoff like what is going on um I, I remember Jose Bautista hit a home run early in that game to sort of set the pace I'm like, all right, let's go. Like, we're, we're, we're in this. Let's go. And the back and forth between everything, um, I remember just when it happened, it was a, not nearly as much of an excitement towards it to, as, the, as the bat flip was, but it was still a get up out of my chair, raise my arms in the air like Alomar and being like, we did it. We did it. And it was Edwin this time. We did it. And I remember after that, when um, they had a post-game interview with him, he's like, you know, chugging champagne. And he's like, this is why I want to 
stay. This is why I don't want to go anywhere. This is why I want to stay, which makes it a little bit more bittersweet because like, obviously he, he ended up leaving, but um, yeah, it's one, again, one of those tight races that the blue Jays were, were really reeling in those fans to be like, no, like don't, don't discredit us. It might be a wild card game, but we're here. We're legit again. And I remember them going all the way to the LCS against, against Cleveland. I'm like, we can beat Cleveland. We can beat Cleveland. And, it didn't happen because I was kind of scared that they were going to end up facing Boston because of, you know, where I live and whatnot. But I thought our best chance was against Cleveland, but still that moment in blue Jays history, it's one of those home runs that you will just never forget. You guys there? Brendan, sorry. I forgot to turn my mic off for the dogs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, you're good. So, I was waiting for my introduction. <laughs> no, yeah, I, I, I kind of want to build up, build off of what Adam was saying in terms of listening to the Fan 590 all day because, uh, yeah, there was a whole bunch of talks about how nerve-wracking it was. And as I alluded to earlier in the show, just the unique atmosphere when you were going into the – going through the gate in the stadium and once you're actually in your seat, just everybody knowing how um, – how much was on the line just okay we're it we're we're in the playoffs but this is a one game thing we're not actually in a series so we could be done after the night but it's just in terms of the fan 590 coverage you guys remember the big debate going into that game was do they start marcus stroman or francisco liriano because liriano Mm. had really good numbers against the orioles that year after they got liriano and stroman not so much um and they had also just lost i think the week prior um, on a walk-off home run uh, off of Asuna. But regardless, that combined with uh, the debate between Stroman and Liriano, I'll, be admit, I'll, I'll admit I was quite nervous and kind of low-key upset that they chose Stroman. I was on the Liriano bandwagon. Luckily, Francisco still had a massive role coming in and throwing an inning in two-thirds of, of no runs. But that all that combined with, I remember sitting up at the 500 level, and we kept on looking at the bullpen, me and my buddy Mike, and being like, oh, crap, is, is, is Zach Brayton warming up? He must be coming to the game now. And then they trot out Brad Brock. And then they trot out Darren O'Day. And then they bring out Brian Dunsing. And then finally they bring out Ubaldo Jimenez. I'm like, oh, my God. As soon as Ubaldo came out, that's when I was like, I think that they're going to be able to do it. And I actually, for a moment, yeah. had a sense of hope and optimism. Like, hey, this is going to be the mistake. You bring in Ubaldo. I know Ubaldo pitched well against them just a week prior in that series uh, where they had lost to the Orioles and made things a lot closer in that wild card race. But as soon as Ubaldo came in, it's like, all right, this, this is it. Like, they're not going to squander this opportunity to get a run or two across the plate against Ubaldo. And I, 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 I've said this before, and I think, Craig, this is well before we started um, Jaybird watching and whenever I've gone on South of Six with Adam is, part of me wants to rank this home run higher than Bautista's because I was a bigger Edwin Encarnacion fan than Jose. Mm. And I always feel like Edwin plays second fiddle to Jose and Jose was a superstar and Edwin was in every right a superstar as well, but it was Jose's team and Edwin was basically Robin to Batman. So the fact that he finally had his massive moment, I felt so good for Eddie that he got to have that. And, Adam, as you said, it was bittersweet because I remember thinking, crap, like this could be Edwin's last massive moment as a Blue Jay. And sure enough, it was. But he, he yeah, straight ended yeah. his Blue Jays career with, uh, with, a, with a bang. And it was crazy. I think how loud it was and how much the dome was shaking was 
it was pretty close to the bat flip. I'm not going to lie. Um, it was pretty damn close to the bat flip. Oh, wait. Did they... Yeah. <laughs> you already did that one. So as far as it goes, I, I think this was just, the, like you said, it was the last hooray for uh, Edwin. But could you guys imagine that after finishing two consecutive LCSs that we were going to all of a sudden bottom out and have to do a crazy rebuild like we did? We still had Donaldson in, in 2017, so you wouldn't think that this would have been such a cliff, but it ended up happening, and now we're at this point where we're on that cusp of this is a, the team up and coming. This could be eerily similar to this again, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're still on that well, like, nose thing, right? When it came to 2017, like I know there was – still a lot of optimism heading into that season and there was a lot of like hey we, we still we still got Donaldson we can still do this and I think Bautista came back for one year um they signed yeah. him to a one-year deal um and we were like okay we can we can still pick this up like this is okay I remember the good. game one yeah there was a dribbler to, to third and Donaldson threw the ball so lame and I was like this season's <laughs> over like this is yeah. over it's not this is not happening. And I just remember from that point on, I was like, something is not right. He should not be playing. And this is indicative of the entire team. And uh, yeah, it just, the bottom fell out so quickly and there was just a fall from grace. So hopefully knock on desk. If we do have a season, um, this young core that we're so hyped up about can deliver. And I have no doubt that they can. So to put a book on that, go ahead, Brandon. Uh, I'll say one thing about the 2017 team. Uh, give them a little bit of credit. I think they were still good enough to make the playoffs in 2017. But 2017 very quickly became, let's drag ourselves out of this 1-11 and start that we've gotten ourselves into. Yeah. Remember how yeah. bad that start was? And it was not until they went, I think it was 2-11, and uh, after Kendra's Morales hit the walk-off against Baltimore in that series where it's like, oh my God, we got our second win of the season. And they got themselves out of that hole to a point where, remember, late into August, mid-August, when they went to Wrigley Field, they were only three games back of the wild card. Had they not gotten off to such a poor start, if they hovered around 500, it would have been between them and the Twins for the wild card there. Because I think the Twins got in with only 85 wins in 2017. And the Blue Jays weren't too far behind. Uh, they obviously bought him out towards the end of it with injuries and stuff. But had they not started one in eleven or whatever it was, I think they may have at least given us one last run of meaningful September ball, even if it didn't mean they would have made the wild card over the Twins. Yeah. So, guys, I want to put a bookend on this wonderful fun we've been having with the home run talks. Um, Adam. Your vote for what your favorite home run was, or give me your rank. Where do these guys, where do these five home runs go on your list? Ranking from five to one, I have Delgado, Edwin, Alomar, Bautista, Carter. Okay, and Mr. Panikar, how does yours rank? I, it's kind of similar, actually. I'm going to go Delgado at five. Um, I'm going to go... I mean, it's hard to. I, I, I'm going to invoke a little bit of bias here because I was actually remembering these. So, mm-hmm. Alomar four. I know there's huge significance there, um, and then Edwin three, uh, Batista two, and Carter one. I want to put Jose above Carter, but I can't because of what Adam said earlier. You won the damn World Series, if yeah. so. 
the, the, the Batista one was just like, okay, thank goodness our playoffs aren't done after the division series. We get an ALCS to to be good about. But yeah, so, no, Carter's number one and Batista's two. Ironic, mine comes out pretty much identical. <laughs> I just have the Alomar out there you go. third in, over the Edwing one because of the where it Same. solidified the Blue Jays as a putting on the map. So. I, I'm not shocked that everybody is in agreement that the Joe Carter home run is the quintessential Toronto Blue Jays home run just because of the scale of it. It won the World Series. It was in a must-win. You know, They were down at that point in the game, and all of a sudden everything just started going the Blue Jays' way, and it was capped off with a Joe Carter home run, where I can make the argument where the, Joe, the Jose Bautista one would be number one because – we were at an epic blow on morale after the Russell Martin toss <laughs> and then going to the epic heights of all that energy of what Jose Bautista brought with that angry bat flip. But, fellas, this has been a really good conversation, and I have one tidbit for you, and I'm going to ask. I'll start. Um, the question is, what year did the Toronto Blue Jays hit the most home runs? And, Adam, I'll let you Why try it three? answer. That's pretty high on the ranking, but it's not. <laughs> what what year did you give? Oh, 03. I was going to say 13. Okay, so right off the bat, I'm looking here really quick. Oh, 03, the Blue Jays hit 190 home runs. Now, mind you, that was a pretty epic ball team with Delgado and company on that offense. And, Adam, what year did you just say? For some reason, 13 runs out, but that was a really bad team, too. I'll leave it back in order here. <laughs> uh, maybe not. So let me think. The Blue Jays hit. i got to get the column right here. Hold on. <laughs> 185. So, so far, you're beating 2003 of Brendan. <laughs> yeah. I remember 13 being like a hyped-up year, but it wasn't, it wasn't that much. So, I don't know. So disappointing. Do you guys want to take another yeah. guess each? Before I give out the wonderful answer here, because it's kind of shocking. Nineteen? Was it this past year? That would be number two on the all-time wow. list. Oh wow! <laughs> with two hundred and forty-seven. Jesus. So there is I a year where the Blue Jays home hit more <laughs> home runs than two hundred forty-seven. That's a win team. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, that's all we did last year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So, just to put that in perspective, uh, but that we had a lot to be, and it's similar to the fashion this other team was. We had a lot of team, a lot of players that hit twenty home runs. Is how it added up. To oh, me. I got it. Two thousand six, right? That would be another close one. Uh, <laughs> I thought for sure. Overbay hit like twenty three that year, and it was a career high. I'm that was also sure. the year that Aaron okay. Hill. And Adam Lynn won Silver Slugger Awards, I think. Or was that 2009? It, I think that was 2009. Yeah. Troy Gloss. Troy Gloss. It was Gloss who hit like yeah. 36 or 35, something like that. All right, fellas. What, so year, I, did, what year did Bautista hit 54? 2010. Should I give I'm you gonna the I'm going to go with 2010. <laughs> you locking it in? That's your yeah. final answer? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. You are 100% correct. 2010? Yeah. 2010. Now, just to put that in perspective, yeah. the Blue Jays did have seven players that hit over 20 home runs that year, and a couple that were really That's close. Crazy. So the Blue Jays' starting lineup basically that year consisted of Jose Bautista with 54, 
Vernon Wells hit 31. Aaron Hill hit 26. Adam Lind hit 26. <laughs> Edwin Encarnacion, this is the year before he ended up having the dropping and waving situation. He had 21. John Buck had 20. <laughs> Lyle Overbay had John 20. John Buck, God. Alex Gonzalez. <laughs> yes, this is, the, this is the year for Alex Gonzalez with 17 home runs. And then Travis Snyder, the lunchbox hero, came in with 14 that year. Did, didn't Marco Scudero have a good amount of home runs that year, too? I believe he was on the map. Was that a Scudero team? I'm looking, looking, looking. He was not in the home run list for that. That might have been the year before we got him. Uh, that was the oh, year that yeah, Daniel Escobar uh, basically was not existent in 60 games and got suspended for terrible things on his eye black and batted a buck yeah, 275 yeah. <laughs> with yeah, 16 RBIs. True. You know what's you know what's crazy about that 2010 team is that they were a five and 77, but finished fourth in the AL East. Fourth, yeah. Wow, eighty five and 77. That was many one of the many years that the Toronto Blue Jays, if we played in many different any different division, we would have actually been in the playoffs. Was that uh, AA's first year? Uh, yes, I believe so. Yes, it he was. took over at the end of '09 and had to trade Halliday. There you go. Um, yeah. yeah. So yeah, 2010 was his first full year. You're right. Good times. Wow. The pitching staff wasn't too much to slouch at either, guys. Romero, Marco, Brett Cecil, Brandon Morrow, and Mark Zabchensky when he was still playing as a starter. Zabchensky. Yeah, Markham, Markham started opening day that year. It's crazy. Yeah, he had a great year that year. So he did. Yeah. Wait, but did we just sign Zabchensky again? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he gets to wear the other the real logo I, this time instead of the Angry Bird. Jeez. I'm honestly surprised nobody gave Zipchinski as a random blue jay, not of us three, but in all the responses on Twitter. Maybe because he's back on the team. It's because Kyle Drayback <laughs> yeah. ran tire. Oh god. <laughs> Kyle Drayback. <laughs> Sorry I went there. I was evil. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So all right, Adam. Do you got anything you would like to add or discuss here, other than plugging your, uh, you know, your t- other new show too, if you want to? Sure. Uh, first of all, thank you guys for having me on. It's good to be part of the team, and hopefully, uh, pray to the baseball gods that we get some baseball this year. Um, I won't. I won't divulge too much into my feelings as to what I think will happen. We did that off air, but uh, let's just That's keep our fingers crossed and hope it happens. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It's a whole other show. Um, moreover, guys, stay safe, stay healthy, do what you got to do, take care of yourselves and your family. Uh, we're all looking out for each other, and that goes for anybody listening too. Stay safe, stay healthy. Um, but you can find me on Twitter at South of the Six. Um, we're still doing weekly Raptors podcasts. If you're interested, uh, we're doing watch alongs with old games. Uh, we're trying to do maybe set up some sort of top 10 or Mount Rushmore's for the Raptors. I'm trying to get creative, so we'll see what happens, but it's still coming at you weekly. And my wife and I started a new podcast. It's basically completely unrelated to sports, but if you're interested in hearing two, or rather hearing a married couple talk about stuff about their daughter, you can find that. It's called While She's Napping. As you can imagine, it happens (laughs) while my daughter naps. Um, And it's just my wife and I trying to get closer and doing something together. So, uh, yeah, that's all I have. And, again, thank you guys for having me on, and stay safe. Good deal, man. Look forward to hearing both of those, actually. It's going to be good stuff. Thank you. Mr. Panikar, you got anything you want to plug for you eventually hosting next week or whenever we finally get another show going here? I know, right? <laughs> it's uh, 
really I'm predicting Adam thanks for hopping on as always buddy the third member of our team and I couldn't say anything better than what you just did so I will let your message echo through to everybody um, but Craig I don't know about you uh, and Adam if you're free obviously join for this one too but I was thinking during this episode we were recording and I wasn't speaking just about some other ones that we can do something that came off the top of my head that maybe we can put it to a vote is favorite stadiums you visited and debate mm. which ones you like most. That's one. I like it. Another is your all-time favorite pitching matchups that you've seen that you can remember, like a Roy Halladay versus A.J. Burnett in 09. Uh, just memorable go. games that way from a pitching matchup perspective. Uh, or, I don't know, actually those are probably the only two that came to mind. So, who knows? We'll, uh, we'll come up with some good ones and do something similar to this episode. With how some of this stuff has went during this episode, fellas, I'm wondering how much of Trivia night would be a good time. Fans ask us trivia, trivia questions. Would be awesome. Have a debate and see what it goes. <laughs> yeah, I'm in. Cool. All right, well, fellas, it's been a pleasure. I'm glad we finally got back together to do this, and now we got the whole gang together. And we're gonna make sure we just find fun ways for the three of us to goof around, and we'll have some guests and whatnot as well. And Blue Jays fans, I'm sorry to say there's no baseball yet, but you can come here and listen to us and our terrible Blue Jay shenanigans anytime. And join the conversation <laughs> at Birdwatching GC on social media, whether it's Twitter, Instagram, whatever it might be. Um, and until then, make sure you hit us up with a, wherever you get your podcasting pleasures. And until then, guys, um, I guess we can't say let's go Blue Jays and let's just say let's go baseball season. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's yeah. go baseball. Let's go baseball. <laughs> Please come back. <laughs> Please come back, God. baseball. <laughs> Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com.